Sign up for the Ultimate Clemson Sports Newsletter, The Tiger Take, written by Post and Courier reporter John Blau. You'll receive exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. Keep up to date with position battles, behind-the-scenes updates on practices, press conferences, and games. Stay in the know on all things Tigers, plus subscribers get access to all Clemson and Carolina sports stories on the Post and Courier's website. Start your two-week free trial today at postandcourier.com forward slash the Tiger Take. Hey guys, this is John Blau with the Post and Courier. Um, I cover Clemson Athletics. I also write a newsletter called the Tiger, Tiger Take, um, where we cover kind of all the news and, and things that are going on in the world of Clemson Athletics. Um, this is our countdown to kickoff feature, but if you're interested in that newsletter as well, you can go to thepostandcourier.com forward slash the Tiger Take. Uh, right now, we're doing countdown to kickoff with Tim Beret, uh, the former um, football sports information director for Clemson. Uh, we had you on the week after the Georgia game, uh, Tim. Uh, it's your first time back. Uh, I feel like, you know, the, the interesting thing to talk about first, I guess, would be um, the last time you went to the Carrier Dome. Uh, was that in 2017? Were you there? And, and everybody talks about how unique of an experience it is there. Uh, what do you remember from that? Actually, uh, John, the last time I was there for the 2019 game, okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was the quarterback, and as I as I remember, had a season high passing yardage in that uh, in that game, which was ended up being a pretty easy victory for the uh, Tigers. It was kind of close at the beginning. Trevor threw an interception early, um, uh, but I believe we won 41 to 13, something like uh, uh, like that. But I was there in 2017. Uh, of course, and we were coming off the 2016 national championship and everybody wondered what uh, the Tigers would be like the following year. And we'd gotten off to a good start, hadn't lost and then went to the carrier dome and uh, was really struggling the first half. And you're right. It is a tough place to play, uh, especially on a Friday night when uh, all those uh, people in Syracuse are kind of used to coming to games at, at night up there. So um, we got off to a rough start. Then Kelly Bryant took a, uh, took a tough hit and he was out for the rest of the game. Um, Zara Cooper actually came on to be the quarterback in that uh, game he was now at Jacksonville state still playing. And, uh, and we, um, kind of struggled. We did have a touchdown drive. Uh, Tanner Muse had a touchdown on a, uh, fumble return. I remember. And, uh, but, uh, they ended up beating us. And, you know, if you go back and look at the film of that, uh, Syracuse fans probably would say, wow, I can't believe we did that because, you know, we had the four great defensive linemen in that, in that game who all went on to be all Americans and are all are playing in the pros right now, of course, led by Christian Wilkins and uh, Cleveland Farrell and uh, Dexter Lawrence and, uh, and Austin. Uh, but they controlled the ball. We punted with about five and a half minutes to go. and We could get the ball back and they ran out the clock and uh, won the game. I think it was 27-23. So when the Syracuse fans uh, stormed the field and uh, as, as everybody does when they beat Clemson these days. But uh, uh, so, but yeah, it is a tough place to play. It's going to be a fascinating game coming up Friday night. Yeah, I mean, and I think we were talking a little bit about this again. The last time you were on was after Georgia, so it was after a disappointing loss. And then obviously since then, there was the NC State game, like you're referring to, with the other teams storming the field when they beat Clemson. Um, kind of, what has this season just been like to watch? Obviously, again, you, were, you, were, you saw kind of how the expectations went from one thing to something 
you know, astronomically different in terms of what people expect um, in terms of wins and losses. Um, again, a couple plays here, a couple plays there. It could be a different story, but I mean, kind of what, what has it been like to watch kind of some of the, you know, the quote unquote struggles, I guess, legit struggles and some of the struggles, you know, may, maybe expected in terms of a young team, but kind of what, what have you seen? Uh, the first thing that strikes me about this season so far is the degree to which people evaluate a team based on their offense. Uh, if we lost to Georgia 37, 31, uh, and, uh, maybe regulation game at, at NC state had been 28, 28, instead of 14, 14, there'd be a totally different outlook, uh, on, on Clemson from a lot of people. We'd probably still be in about the top 20, but people really look at you, what you do offensively, because defensively we've been very good. I think we're what second in the nation in scoring uh, defense this week and uh, up in the top 15 in most defensive uh, categories. So, um, you know, that's the first thing that kind of jumps, jumps out at me. The fact that, you know, the Georgia game who is now the number one team in the country nearly unanimously, you know, it, 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 we had the one bad interception, the one bad play. You take that out. It's a three to three game that goes into uh, overtime. Now that all that said, I'm not naive that I know that the Clemson offense needs to improve greatly. That has been a big surprise. I do think uh, I, I reflect on the 2008 uh, season. I don't know where you were in 2008. Maybe you were somewhere in Indiana at that time. Um, but that season, you know, we started out with Alabama. And uh, we were ranked ninth. Alabama was ranked 24th. Uh, we played at a neutral site in Atlanta. And this was when Nick Saban was just getting the Alabama program going. And they really stymied our offense. And we lost 34 to 10. And the only touchdown was a kickoff return by C.J. Spiller. So they basically, you know, stymied our offense, which had C.J. Spiller, James Davis, and Cullen Harper was the preseason ACC player of the year at quarterback. And that game really sapped Clemson of its confidence offensively and really struggled and, and which led to uh, today, actually the anniversary of when Dabo Sweeney uh, was named the, uh, the inner coach 13 years ago today. Uh, we really didn't get things going offensively until he uh, took over as, as, uh, as, as head coach. So um, I do the other, my other feeling is that, you know, the youth in the offensive line is even more important uh, or, or more difficult to overcome this year than in previous years. And where I'm coming from is, you know, we have a lot of fifth and sixth year players in college football this year. Well, Clemson doesn't have any of those on the offensive line. Now, Bockhorst is a senior, um, and, but a lot of these other defenses that we're playing against have a lot of veteran defensive lines, guys who are 23 and 24 years old. Uh, grown men, as some of the coaches have have, have returned to. So, uh, 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 <laughs> you, you remember the old airplane movie when they have all those lines? I picked a bad year to to uh, stop smoking, or I picked a bad year to to uh, to uh, to whatever. Well, we picked a bad year to be young in the offensive line uh, because there's so many veterans uh, on the other side of the ball that we've. Uh, that we've, uh, that we've faced. So, but, you know, that said, I think they're, I'm fascinated to see what we do this week 
with the uh, extra week to prepare, which of course Dabo I think is 15 and two with an extra week to prepare for the opposition. Yeah, in 2008, just like I guess say, I was uh, I just graduated from Penn State and I was covering the New York Mets as an intern for MLB.com. Very uh, good, very good. Very, very disappointing ending to that season. Uh, the Mets were right on the cusp of making the playoffs and actually lost a play-in game. Um, uh, actually, uh, Scott Schoenweiss, who's from my hometown of Mount Laurel, New Jersey, he actually gave up a home run that uh, lost it. Um, I'd, I'd kind of gotten to know him because he went to the same high school as me. But okay. yeah, did he pitch at Duke? What was he a Duke guy? He guy may. Have, I forget like he where he went to ACC college. Guy. Yeah, we he just was an ACC guy. Yeah, we bonded more over the high school part. I didn't, I I didn't talk to him about his college, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess uh, saying that you know everybody sees disappointment from time to time. Um, were you at all encouraged? Do you think though? the Boston college game. I mean, obviously only 19 points offensively, which that those numbers probably again, have to improve if you're going to keep up with some of these offenses. Um, but at the same time, they did have over 400 yards of offense, more than 200 yards rushing. I think it was 231 exactly and more than 200 yards passing. So uh, they're moving the ball from, you know, goal line to goal line, just not scoring points yet. So, I mean, I guess in terms of, incremental progress. I mean, do you think that the Clemson offense is starting to make those strides, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I saw, I did see that aspect of improvement, which I've always looked important to have uh, a balance. Uh, You may have heard me, I know Clemson fans have heard me say that Clemson has never lost a game in its history when it's had at least 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing. I think it's 107, zero and one uh, now uh, in its history. And Dabo, I think said 55 games of, of uh, at least 200 of each. And that's always been a big uh, indicator. And that basically in running the ball, I think we're what 70 and one under Dabo when we get at least 200 yards. So running the ball is important. Uh, and we had two different player, two different backs who, uh, who uh, showed us something of the Mafa averaging 8.3 yards a carry. Uh, and his action was important. Kobe Pace had uh, 100 what do you have 125 uh, yards I you know after the first four game quite frankly I didn't think Clemson would have a 200 200 uh, uh, game and I believe we didn't have any uh, uh, turnovers uh, offensively which I think was uh, going to be very important going forward I mean if we you know going forward if it's going to be tough for Clemson to score 21 24 points it's going to be important that we not give uh, the other team, a good field position, or like happened in the Georgia game, a pick six. And, and, and obviously that play made the difference uh, in the, in the game. So if you're going to have closer long scoring games than we're used to those, uh, those aspects are going to be uh, in, important. I'm looking forward to hopefully, you know, we're going to have a healthy, uh, uh, you know, Justin Ross and get some other guys uh, back healthy for this week's game. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you about that as well in terms of injuries. I mean, have you seen many seasons like this? I mean, I think Dabo said in his press conference that if we actually had a game last week rather than a bye, y'all would have been saying, who's that? Just because so many guys may have been uh, missing. I mean, I think Will Putnam, obviously, with the toe uh, missed the last game. Uh, Mario Goodrich was out. Brian Brzee, Tyler Davis, a defensive tackle. Will Taylor. Well, Shipley, I mean, I could go on and on probably for the next next 20 minutes, the rest of this, if I I kept talking about injuries. But I guess, have you seen many seasons like this or has this been kind of beyond the pale for what you're used to? Yeah, no, I uh, I haven't. And probably the best uh, 
thing I can uh, I tell you about the importance of injuries is go the other side of the equation. If you look at the three years we won the national championship that I've been here for 1981, 2016, 2018, uh, those were years in which we had very few injuries. Uh, I do remember 1981 doing a stat where uh, uh, that a person who was going to only missed a something like only six total player games in that 1981 season with guys who would have started, uh, started the game. I know in 2018, I remember coming at into that season and, and kind of comparing uh, those two, two years that the fact we, you know, didn't have, um, didn't have, uh, you know, very, very many injuries. Uh, so, but trying to think of a year when there were a, a lot of injuries, nothing really jumps out at me, but this is, has been a, a lot more than we normally would uh, would see. Yeah, and so it's going to be interesting, like you said, in terms of um, you know how Clemson comes out after this bye week. I think that a lot of the attention is going to continue to be on the offensive line, like we talked about some youth there, um, but especially against the Syracuse team that runs the ball really well itself. I mean, Sean Tucker is, I think, you know, nearly has 800 yards already uh, this season. He's a redshirt freshman, but he's a he's a stout. Um, stoutly built guy makes people miss runs through tackles just an incredible runner there uh and then um garrett uh, schrader uh the quarterback who's actually the son of the former citadel quarterback um named schrader uh he he has i think about 300 something yards in his last you know two games rushing um, yeah 412 for the year i know yeah i think it's 315 over the last, last two two game yeah yeah yeah. So, I mean, how important is it going to be for Clemson to maintain, you know, keep the ball, uh, obviously, and not just give, you know, Syracuse the opportunity to just grind them on the ground on the other other side? Well, that was the key to victory for Syracuse in the 2017 game that you that you talked about, that they were able to do that and do that, uh, you know, late in the game. I watched the Wake Forest Syracuse game and you know, I got to think, I think they had 354 yards rushing. I cannot remember a team having 354 yards over 350 yards and losing, uh, you know, a game, uh, you know, we've seen in Clemson history, as I just said, just get over 200 yards. I think Clemson 70 and one uh, in the Dabo Sweeney era. So uh, yeah, stopping that run is going to be, uh, be very important. Uh, obviously you got a quarterback who, uh, who, who can run the ball. I think he had 186 yards against, uh, you know, Wake Forest, and um, you're right, Tucker, that running back. Wow, he's uh, kind of come out of uh, uh, nowhere. 719 yards and nine touchdowns so far. Just a real tough guy, uh, and catches the ball out of the backfield well too. I wrote down he's got 204 yards receiving. He leads Syracuse in receiving yardage uh, this year. So, um, but that said, I don't know that Syracuse has faced a defense as as good as Clemson has been as far as stopping the run. I certainly wish that Brzee and Davis were were healthy for this game. It would make it a little bit easier, although their their reserves have have uh, you know have played well. So um Skalski's gonna be very important. The other Clemson um uh linebackers uh you know being healthy, which I think they'll be as is is gonna be certainly be a key uh in the, in that uh in that game. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if he'll be ready to play or not. I mean, this will be interesting, but DeMonte Capehart, supposedly back in practice, he's, he's been out uh, with a knee issue. Um, and like you like you alluded to, Rook Aroro, um has played well. Trey Williams 
has um, played well. I know Davos talked about him being really explosive and disruptive, still kind of young, so maybe in the wrong right. spots every now and again. But um, he's he's definitely made a, made a step forward. And then uh, Etiosa Rubin, um, I think him and Rook, I think Dabo nicknamed them the Nigerian Nightmares, which I guess <laughs> is a reference to Christian Okoye uh, back in the day, uh, the Nigerian Nightmare. But yeah, we've seen some other guys uh, kind of rise to the occasion. Like you said, is, yeah, you know, are the defenses that that Syracuse's face is point of the caliber of Clemson? Probably not. I mean, Liberty, Albany, Rutgers, uh, you go down the list, probably not. Um, but it will be interesting to see kind of how the defensive line handles itself in the trenches. And then it's just tackling. I mean, it comes back to really basic things. I mean, Dabo Sweeney was talking about that, where you know, this Garrett, this Garrett Schrader, I mean, he can make guys miss. If you're not containing properly, you miss a tackle. He's gone for about 40 yards. Um, so uh, how, I guess, do you agree? I guess tackling important. And um, have you seen times where just like the, the basic element of just not tackling just costs you a game at the end of the day? Yeah, uh, you know, everybody's been saying that about the University of Miami this year, that that has been their uh, their problem in uh, in 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 tackling. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I got to believe in this open date that's certainly been working on that, although I think our tackling has been, uh, you know, pretty good, even in the uh, in the open field. Uh, um, our linebackers, especially, I think, have done well and getting out on the uh, on the perimeter although I don't think Syracuse from what I saw was didn't have that many perimeter uh, aspects to their rushing game even their quarterback on his uh, runs a lot of them were kind of scrambles and uh, and 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 so it wasn't as much a read option as it was just almost a, a more of a pro style um, uh, rushing attack so uh, but the fact that Dabo said that it tells me that I'm sure they've been working on it, uh, you know, in, in practice that, you know, that's one aspect of the game that uh, everybody has been so conscious here in recent years about, you know, getting injured in, in practice. And, and we can see that that's, that's very important. So, you know, I think back to the days of coach Ford and the practices I used to go to during the season. I mean, there was, you know, sc scrimmaging Tuesdays and Wednesdays and, taking guys to the ground and, and hard physical um, uh, practices. Uh, so you don't see that quite as much uh, uh, today as you did uh, 40 years ago. Yeah. So I guess Oklahoma drill, all that, uh, everything. Yeah. The Oklahoma drill, you'll see. Uh, I mean, yeah. I used to see coach, uh, you know, maybe coach forward do that, but I'm just talking with coach Ford. It was more just straight, you know, scrimmaging. And of course the practices were longer and, and you didn't have uh, limitations on the number of hours, uh, you know, back then. I, I do remember coach Ford. There were a few practices where things weren't going well and they'd come out and start practice and go for an hour and things weren't going well. And he'd send the team all the way back in the locker room, tell them to turn around and come back and start over. <laughs> and so you know, if they went longer, they, they, uh, you know, they went, uh, they went longer. So um, haven't seen any of, of that take place, but those were, those were different times. Yeah. I guess uh, going back to the offense um, again, we talked about running the ball, protecting DJ is going to be important as well. And him being able to stay 
you know, upright. I think Syracuse has about 22 sacks on the season, um, 47 tackles for loss. I mean, it did break those down. I think a majority of them ha- did happen against, you know, I think Albany and um, maybe Rutgers, you know, some of those uh, games uh, with, where, you know, maybe the, the level isn't exactly up to where Clemson you would hope would be. Um, but in terms of DJ, I mean, just talking more broadly about him I and mean, what, what have you seen in terms of, you know, his, his ups and downs. I mean, I, I think obviously, I think, I don't know if it was nine of 14, I forget where, I think he was nine of 12 to start the Boston college game ended up missing uh, 12 of his last 16 passes. Um, is that just a characteristic of a young quarterback? I mean, from your time of uh, being around Clemson, have you, have you seen guys that are just, you know, like again, first year as a starter, just take some time to settle in or, or kind of what have you seen? Well, over 40 years, your answer is yes. But in recent years, when you've had Deshaun Watson and you've had Trevor Lawrence and Taj Boyd, you, you know, they've, they've been pretty good right from the uh, get-go. Now, Taj Boyd, you got to remember, didn't really start uh, starting quarterback until he was a sophomore. He served a, a year uh, behind Parker in 2010. I uh, had a good performance in the bowl game that year, and that kind of jump-started him towards the, uh, towards the next year. Um, but, you know, I, everybody's expectations went uh, crazy with DJ, uh, if for anything else, because of one stat that I probably uh, promoted more than anything is the fact with my having gone to Notre Dame and knowing their history, I said, you know, that's the most passing yardage anybody's ever had against Notre Dame when he had – what was it, 435 yards last year in uh, in South Bend and to do it on the grand stage like he did. Everybody figured, it well, just from the get-go this year, he's going to throw for 400 yards every game. Uh, and that's just not the way uh, that, it, that it works. People have time over the summer to really uh, study you, study your tendencies or, or, or whatever. Notre Dame didn't have a whole lot of film on uh, DJ, although he played the week before against Boston College. So um, but he just needs to get more. He just hasn't been, you know, consistent. He'll make a, a great play and a 25 yard out. We saw the touchdown pass. He threw to Ross at NC state. Um, and, you know, he played, he played pretty well at the end of the Georgia game, but he did, you know, didn't take us to a, to a, uh, to a touchdown. So I just think overall the consistency's going to be important. He's got to let up a little on his fastball. There've been some, overthrows and patterns he should he should have hit but I guess all of that is going to come with uh you know experience he uh he he uh he just messed up and did so well in those two games last year we expected he was just going to plug in and beat Trevor Lawrence from from the get-go and that's just not the way it works yeah I mean how shocking was it when Trevor Lawrence came in and performed the way he did as a as a freshman is it almost you have a double take and like that's not a freshman out there or kind of you know how, how shocking is yeah, it uh, well I've I, you know I felt that way and and you know that you know his very first game was against Furman but he threw three touchdown passes in relief I mean no freshman throws three touchdown passes against anybody in their first uh, game uh, but the first real wow uh, that I had uh, actually, I was in Atlanta working the tour championship and we had finished broadcasting for the day and the Clemson Georgia tech game was on. And so I was actually in one of the trailers watching the Clemson Georgia tech game with uh, the producer, Tommy Roy, whose two kids went to Clemson. He's a big Clemson fan. 
and he throws uh, Trevor throws that touchdown pass in the second. I think it was the second half to to Renfro running where he's running left and you know throwing on the run and just zipped it right in there in a real small area and um, you know having been in, at Notre Dame when Joe Montana was the quarterback and that's the type of play that he could make he could run to his left and and still still hit it and I and I said boy that reminds me of something Joe Montana would do and here he is just just a freshman and obviously uh, he impressed the, the coaches that game because the next week he became the starter after that uh, after that you know Georgia Tech game and went on and had a uh, you know had a terrific year. Yeah, and I guess as a as a sports information director, I'm just wondering, uh, DJ after the game uh, against Boston College, he was he was out throwing passes uh, to his you know I think a student manager until about 12:30, 12:40 in the morning. I mean, have you ever been trying to hunt down a player and they're out in the field, you know, doing workouts or like trying to like figure things out after a game that late? Can you remember players doing that? Um, not a football player. I've seen plenty of basketball players who will go out and shoot after they've had a, <clears throat> had a poor game, but, um, and I applaud DJ for, you know, for, for, for doing that. I think that's the type of kid that he, that he is that, you know, he wanted, he missed some overthrows in that, in that game. And, uh, so he wanted to go out and, you know, work on correcting it. And that's the best way he knows how to do it. So uh, to me, that was a, a terrific, uh, you know, sign. I'm sure there've been plenty of players uh, over the years have had a bad game and they've just wanted to, oh, I'm just going to go back to my dorm room and lie down. Um, but he was right back out there, um, you know, trying to correct it and trying to get, uh, get better. So I thought that was a, uh, that was a great sign. If we go on and get a run and get the offense going, you know, people will, will reflect back on that. Yeah, I think Dabo was saying this week that he thinks some people are going to eat their words on DJ and kind of saying he believes he's made of, you know, I think the right stuff is something he said a bunch uh, in terms of, you know, uh, he cares. Um, uh, we were yeah. talking yeah, about those throws. I mean, he, he knew every single one of them off the top of his head that he missed. He was talking about a wheel route to Bo. He was talking about one over the middle. Um, it's like he knew exactly what he wanted to work on and exactly what he um, – you know, wanted to fix because he cares, you know, I, I guess you've seen that in terms of, you know, athletes that care, some that don't, and usually the ones that care, I guess, would be the ones that tend to improve, I guess, over time. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's a common denominator for the great quarterbacks we've had recently. I mean, Boyd and Watson and and Trevor, uh, you know, were, were always like that. I remember many times uh, Taj would stay after practice and, 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 work extra with the receivers or, or thrown into that big um, it's a big hoop kind of thing with a net at the end of it, you know, just rolling out and, and trying to throw a pass in it without a receiver there, just be a manager who would retrieve the balls out of the net. So, but I've seen that, uh, you know, many, many times also. So, I mean, that's a combination of all the, you know, the great players that you have, they all have a great uh, work ethic the receivers that we've had that have, worked with that jugs gun thing with a, you know, fire passes to him afterwards. So, uh, you know, that's all important makes it makes a difference because we've seen, um, you know, the Clemson games this year that, you know, one play, two plays can make a huge difference. Yeah. I guess uh, I was just interested in one of the things you tweeted though, I guess about a record for passing yards in a road game. Um, I think it's 455 yards at Syracuse. And that was, that was who, 
That was Taj Boyd. Taj Boyd threw for 455 uh, up at uh, Syracuse, I think in 2013 it was. And he, I know 97 of it came on a long, perfectly thrown bomb to, uh, to Sammy Watkins. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, that was quite a, a passing uh, performance. I think he also threw a couple of touchdown passes to, uh, to Adam Humphreys, which was the only game that he caught two touchdown passes in, in, in his career, which is interesting to see since he's now in about his sixth or seventh year in the NFL, uh, you know, doing well in, uh, in, uh, in Washington. He, you know, he's kind of a slot receiver like Hunter Renfro, but he doesn't get the attention that, uh, that, uh, that, that Hunter gets, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, Taj had some uh, uh, big passing games there. And as I said earlier, 2019, Trevor did, uh, also, um, I think it's a good, it's a good, you know, field. It's a good, uh, the artificial surface is a good field to run on. So you can, you can have a big night for some receivers. And that's the one guy, if I pick a, a pick the click guy in this game, I'm, I'm kind of looking at Ross. I'm, he's, he's due to have a big, uh, a big game. So I'm hoping he's going to have a big night. Yeah, sounds good. And I think the reason that run pro gets all the attention is because, you know, he can hit people like he did on that, uh, Special teams play. I mean, that's guy can that play was, safety. That was just truly, um, truly amazing. I mean, he he really has a natural. He could play just about any any position. I you know we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, with the events with the Raiders this week, uh, you know Gruden loved uh, Renfro, but he's really proven himself. I don't think it's his amount of playing time and uh, aspects are going to change much. And of course, Basacha. Uh, uh, being already being on the staff, so I think uh, Hunter's future is going to be just uh, just fine. All right. Well, thanks, Tim, again for coming on and talking. Um, just to remind you guys one more time, again, this is our countdown to kickoff feature. We also have a newsletter that I put out, um, you know, mostly daily called the Tiger Take. You can go to postacurrier.com forward slash the Tiger Take and uh, get that. Uh, right there, you know, get some news, get some anecdotes, some jokes, um, some stats, some from Tim, you know, that are really good. So um, thanks again, Tim, for uh, coming on. And uh, thanks you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Great to be with you.